Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. Today on the show, we have Joe Trittell. Joe runs a marketing team in the healthcare industry, and he joins us today to discuss the topic of creativity. Now, did you know some people don't think of themselves as a creative person, but they do the most creative things all day long? So listen in as we discuss the topic as well as Joe's story and how he leads a team of creatives each day to get the best out of themselves. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Hey, Joe. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? I'm good, Nick. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Any chance that we get to chat, I always appreciate it. Uh, so Joe and I met each other a couple of years ago through a mutual friend, somebody I had worked with at the point uh, that was in graphics. And I think we were talking about doing some graphics work for a band that I had at that at that moment. And he was like, you know what, I think you'd actually like my buddy Joe's band. And he said it was something that had to do with what I heard was flaming hot Cheetos. And I was like, what? So go ahead, man. Tell us the name of your band. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm Joe Tertel, uh, and I am the guitar player and lead singer of a band called The Mild Heat. So we're from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, we play Americana blues punk. So it's a little bit of everything. Uh, we're just a loud, fun, energetic rock and roll band. You absolutely are. And when... When Rick first connected us, I remember yep. we played a couple shows together, had a couple beers after the shows, because that's when you know it's a good show when you're able to sit back and have a couple brews. Uh, and we got into some really good conversation. Some of the stuff that we were talking about back then, and that was a handful of years ago, it's yep. obviously music, but then getting into creativity, uh, entrepreneurship, running agencies, like mm -hmm. all of that sort of stuff. So I wanted to have you on so that we can kind of get into all this. Now, you've already mentioned your name and the band that you're in and that you play a, uh, an instrument. But why don't you go ahead and tell us what you do for a living and uh, one thing that most people don't know about you. Yeah, so uh, right now I'm the Senior Director of Performance Marketing at Echo Health. So Echo is a medical device company. Um, I'm really focused on pulmonary and um, cardiac disease detection. Uh, so we make uh, stethoscopes, digital stethoscopes that helps uh, doctors, healthcare professionals, nurses, EMTs, cardiologists uh, early detect things like murmurs and AFib through our through our digital stethoscopes. So been there for six months. Um, it's really exciting. We're doing some great work uh, and uh, it's fun. Everyone's super passionate about the organization. Um, everyone's super passionate about all the products and, and uh, about what we're doing. And what's really cool about it is we're actually making technology and we're making products that are saving lives. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm really excited to be here and, and do all this fun stuff. Uh, something that somebody doesn't know about me. I mean, you took uh, the obvious one, you know, <laughs> that I'm in a band. Um, so uh, what else? Um, I'm recently engaged. Some people might not know that. So we got engaged in December and uh, we're planning a wedding. So that's fun. So people may see clips of this or they'll hear the episode and you can't tell how old you are. Now, everybody, he's not like a 14 year old saying, look, I just got engaged. 
but you're also not a 22 year old kid. So it took you some time to be able to get to that point. Uh, was there any reason why you think you waited? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, finding the right person, you know, uh, I'm a little picky, um, <laughs> but ultimately it's probably the truth is, uh, you know, kind of put it off trying to find myself, trying to find my career, um, not sacrificing, you know, for, mm. for anything for that, uh, maybe putting myself first, uh, in that way, then instead of putting someone else first, and I think I've kind of grown into that. Now I have the ability to kind of put someone else first before myself. Mm. But honestly, Nick, it's probably needed this amount of time just to find someone to put up my shit. Uh, so, uh, that, that's also important. So yeah, it's good. I found a good girl. That's awesome, man. And yeah, I can understand that you're vastly different than you would have been when you were a lot younger Yeah, and having to grow through that with somebody. It's interesting that you talk about finding yourself and seeking yourself. I'm kind of in a slightly different spot, got a divorce, maybe right around the time you were getting engaged mm -hmm. and have been together with her for, let's just say roughly about 10 years. So now refinding myself and thinking back to, well, what was that like beforehand and who am I now and all that. So for you to get engaged in your later 30s, to be able to think through the past, let's say, 20 years or so, what sort of advice would you give to somebody that is maybe thinking, I want to play that angle without just saying like, nah, I just want to do the bachelor thing forever because you went more career focused and passion focused, but kind of found yourself to be able to find the girl you're with. Yeah. I don't think everybody takes the same path. Right. Um, and I, I'm jealous of my friends who have been able to find somebody and be with somebody since their, you know, early twenties. Um, that's exciting for them and it really works for them. Uh, for me, it was, you know, I did think, you know, oh, I'd be married and have kids by 28, right? Um, but it didn't work that way for me. And uh, for me, it was really, all right, I was having success, you know, with my career, but I wasn't uh, really, I, I had a bigger vision for myself and I wanted to keep getting there. You know, I went back for my master's and, you know, all that time you're working and you're going to school. So where's their time to date, right? Or is there time to see somebody really, really commit? Uh, even then other things like, all right, finish your master's. Now you go on to a new career, a new job, and you really dedicate yourself to that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, trying to find the right, trying to find time for, for everybody, trying to find time for yourself, being involved in a lot of like volunteer organizations. You know, do that because you know, not to find people, but really to really help the organization and, um, you know, and, and help the community. Uh, so it's, it's just been a, it's been a fun trip. It's been, you know, exciting and, uh, you know, it's just that time in my life. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. The time in your life, you know, cause everything's seasonal. Um, sometimes yeah. it's a long, long season. Sometimes it's short season. Uh, I've never gone the college route, kind of just got out of school and got into business and started getting my ass kicked and then figure out how to make money, etc. Um, but I know that there are people that will go continuously, like oh, I got one degree, I got another, I yeah. got another, I got another. I can imagine that eats up so much time. 
but so could a job or so could anything else that you're gonna dump yourself into. So here you are, you've built yourself up with all of that. You've gotten used to that being how you work and how you operate. How are you changing that now and mindset wise to be able to say, hey, sometimes I don't need to push that hard. And I actually do need to spend a little bit more time in this realm of the world. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and how I would, I'm gonna answer it a couple different ways, Nick. Um, you know, I, I did my undergrad in graphic design, right? And, uh, you know, what you know, Rick, who you met, you know, that introduced us, you know, he and I went to college together for graphic design. That's how we met. Uh, and, you know, as I was, uh, you know, I got worked at an agency right out of college. Um, I had a minor in business and which is interesting because I didn't know if I'd actually go into business always thought I'd be like an art director or something to that nature, you know, but I said, you know, I, I feel like that's the right direction to go, you know, and learn a little bit more about marketing and learn a little bit more about business and learn a little bit more about accounting, other things besides just art and design. Mm -hmm. So I went and got that minor and uh, it was interesting because as the first graphic design student ever to have a business minor. So like speaking about all those in my college, right? So speaking about trying to find time, I was literally taking one extra course a semester than anybody else in my, you know, in my program. Um, so it was, so I think I was fortunate to kind of be forward thinking that way. Mm. Um, got started an agency, you know, right out of college. And the reason I got that job is because I had a business minor. They knew I could walk in and, you know, talk to clients. They knew I could walk in and manage projects and had a marketing background. So not only could I design websites, but I could also help market them. Mm -hmm. um, so I was there for three, about six months. And that agency actually got bought out. And it got bought out by agency I was with for 11 years. Mm. Um, and what was interesting there, this kind of starts to answer your question, but what was interesting was when they brought me on board, um, they said, hey, we don't, need, we don't need another designer. We have all these other designers over here. What we really need is someone that understands digital marketing, right? That understands that we call e-marketing. Remember that? <laughs> uh, so that's what we called it back then. So they really needed someone that understood that. And I did. Um, but I felt I was always a designer, right? I was always this guy who, you know, wanted to design and be creative. And, um, and for me, it was like, all right, you know what? I'll take the challenge because I'm always up for a challenge. I'll take the challenge uh, and help build up a digital marketing area in this agency. But I always had in the back of my mind, I'll be a designer. I'll, you know, I'll really be a designer. Well, I figured out really early on that I don't stand a chance against these other designers. Um, and I, and I also felt or learned really at that point was, wow, I thought I was a really good designer in college. I'd say I was good. I don't know, really good, but I was good. But what I realized at that point was that I wasn't as good a designer as I was, but I was really, really good at marketing myself, <laughs> right. And marketing all my great projects and marketing all my great things. So I found out looking in myself and looking in the mirror was like, wait, hold on. I'm not a designer. I'm a marketer. I've always been a marketer. And, um, uh, that's, that's the one thing even now, and you know, I went, 
I was I was at uh, the agency for 11 years, and that's when I went back and got my master's because I knew I needed more marketing to continue my and more right to to continue my career and really grow. I was hitting a ceiling, so mm. I think throughout the one thing has always been to really understand myself and and find where I can grow, where there's areas for me to grow and then go after that. Right. Um, So I've been lucky enough to be able to do that really early on and then kind of find mentors or people that can guide me in the right direction to be able to, you know, fill that space, fill, you know, fill the area I think I need to to grow in um, to be more well-rounded. And um, I mean, that's what I would, that's, that's my suggestion. Anybody that's, you know, what do I do? How do I kind of figure this out is, is where, where are you really good and how can you grow better? But then there's also these areas, how, how can you grow or improve yourself in other ways to really move that other lever lever up. So mm-hmm. I always tell my people, everybody I work with, my employees, all boats rise, right? If you do good work, someone else does good work, we all do good work. So all boats rise. And it's kind of the same way, right? If you're really good at something and you can get a little better here, all boats will rise. So um, that's, that's what I talk about a lot. And that, that has a lot to do with discipline and self-mastery. Yeah. When you think of focusing on one thing that you're like, I'm going to work on this thing. God, even if it's just doing the dishes, something stupid mm-hmm. as I'm just going to do the dishes. You don't go in and start throwing shit around and go, well, we don't need this and breaking things. You understand you need to have a certain level of gentleness or what have you. And you kind of move through and you do it. Even in those little moments, you can find little things that you go, oh, well, if I clean this or put these all, all these utensils together in one cup, I can clean them all later. And you yeah. start like learning little things that you can do. I think we at times miss those moments that are just literally right in front of us. The little areas where you can go, can I do a little bit better? And some of that may come from our parents. It may come from, um, you know, the experiences that we have. It may come from a ton of different things. But I think at the core of it, that's a growth mindset. Where the fixed mindset folks are going to say, meh, we can't do it because that's not how we are. It's not what I do. It's not what my role is. And you've always been looking at, well, how do I do a little better? Or how do I make these changes here? Where do you think that came from? Was that a parental thing? Is that just an innate thing? Where did it come from? Um, I think, you know, always pushing, always moving on to the, you know, to make to better yourself has been just something something all the way back to when I was, you know, a young kid, um, you know, from my parents or being a boy scout and Eagle scout and, or, um, you know, sports being really involved in sports, those type of things. But, you know, even, you know, although you can use sports as an example, right. Um, I was never the tallest guy, right. Never the fastest kid, but I kind of knew my place on the court. Right. And I knew that, I could be a good point guard. I can direct to other people because I knew who, where to put the tall guy and where to put the fast guy, <laughs> you know, and run the play. Right. Um, so I think I've kind of always known or I've had I was fortunate enough or blessed enough to be able to have people around me that 
could say, this is what you need to work on. This is where you are, right? But at the same time, not boxing me in mm. um, and saying, hey, you're the short guy. You're, you, you can't jump. Or you, you, know, you're, you know, you can't shoot, right? Um, or you're not welcome here. Um, I've been fortunate enough I haven't had that, but I have been very, I have been challenged. And that's the other piece is, you know, don't tell me I can't do something because then I want to do it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have to recognize where I can be successful. And I think that's been, you know, when I, I look back at that point where someone said, oh, wait, there's never been anybody here that's ever gotten a, a business minor, right? I'm going to do it, right? I know it's possible. It's not impossible for me to do it. I'm going to do it. All right. Put the time in and do it. You know, you're not a designer. We need you to do marketing. All right. Can I do it? Yeah, I can do it. I'll take that challenge and do it. You know, um, so it's been those type of moments really have been of somebody saying, hey, I need you to do this. This is where we can be successful. Somebody kind of recognizing your skill set. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that's probably the best way to put it. Recognizing your skill set and then being having someone say, this is what you're really, really good at. You might, might not even know, but this is what you're really good at. And then accepting that and understanding that, hey, you know, you might not be as good at this one thing over here that you've always wanted to do. Um, but, and I'll use design as a good example, Nick, because, you know, I'm not a designer anymore at my job, but I still am creative and I still do design work, you know, for band posters or for, mm-hmm. you know, other things like that. Or I can get my creativity out and writing a song or, you know, or, you know, drawing or something like that that doesn't go, you know, might not be published, but I still get mm-hmm. it out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. You got to scratch that itch. No matter what, yeah, right? allow that to come out and work through it. It sounds like the people that were your mentors or leaders were people that actually saw something within you and you probably had mm-hmm. enough respect for them to be able to listen. Because there are certain times yeah. where somebody can see, sometimes it's just experience, like they've just been on this planet a couple years longer or decades longer, and they can see the steps that you're taking. And they can say, hey, up here, you might hit this. So if you do this thing back here, you'll be better equipped when you get up the mountain. And for you to be able to have that respect to say, OK, I'll do that and I'll be coachable. It's a beautiful recipe because there are certain pieces of that that if any of it was slightly off. It just wouldn't have mattered. Those people right. could have been a dick or you could have been like, yeah, cool. You're old. You don't get it. And gone yeah. on your own route and. But that's not the case. So you've been very, very coachable. Was there any moment that really stood out to you where you were like, I feel like now you can look back and you go, man, I was so close to not being coachable and making a decision to do something different that would have altered where you're at. But you took that that dive and you went. I've been lucky enough to be able to take criticism um, effectively. Um, And. I think I've been probably look back, you know, been raised to respect. Right. And, uh, you know, respect people for who they are, respect people for uh, where they've come from. 
you know, and not judge, not prejudge anybody. Um, I think I've been fortunate enough to kind of been raised like that and, and to kind of take everyone's opinion and then bring it all together. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if there's an exact moment I can think of, but, you know, I can always, uh, you know, the, it's these, it's interesting when you kind of think about um, being able to take criticism and accept it yeah. um, and not be like, you know what, go to hell. Like, I don't, you know, that's not me or that doesn't work or, you know, um, but, you know, being able to, to take it um, and, and being like, you know what, that's okay. You know, firstly, if you don't agree with it, that's cool. It's only words. But I always like to kind of go in and think, oh, why, why, why is that their opinion? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and understand what, why do they see things that way? Right. I think it's really easy to judge somebody um, based on, you know, the first thing that you hear, first thing that you say, but understand where they're coming from. Why did they say that? Like, why, you know? Um, you know, what's their past experience? So I, I've been, I think I've been fortunate enough to understand that and, uh, um, and, and be able to bring that to light. And then also, like I said, be able to take criticism, um, you know, and, uh, and roll with it. Yeah. In some ways, taking criticism is a talent because some people are really good at it. Where they're like, oh, okay, great. How can I learn? Other people instantly get defensive. And I wonder if some of that ties into uh, experiences or if it's just a chemical sometimes. I think for the most part, it's probably a mixture of all the things. Because typically, mm -hmm. when people are really hurt, they're going to be very defensive, no matter what's happening, no matter what somebody's saying. So if yeah. someone's like, hey, I think you could do this a little differently, and that would be great. They'd be like, stop yelling at me. I absolutely did not like you need to calm down I don't know what's happening here you know what I mean and being in those kind of tough spots where people aren't coachable because there's shit that's coming up so I think there are those moments where we can kind of get stuck where we automatically judge and you touched on the judging nerve where you can instantly just go oh no then I've been in different meetings where somebody will pop out something like, hey, we're thinking about running this campaign. We're thinking about doing this. We're doing that. And you can see the look on people's faces like, oh, my, why would you bring that into public? And they're instantly yeah. judging. And it's never something they brought to the table. Now, I, I've done that in the past, too, where a poker face doesn't always help me, you know, where I'm like, oh, God, what is that thing? Why did you? But I don't want to see that yeah. again without going, oh, well, what is it that you're thinking? What where are you going with this? So in the role that you're in now, having been through the agencies, all these conversations, all of this, how do you actually work with people in that spot where maybe at first you see something you're like, I kind of want to throw up, but uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. Yeah, Nick, I'll ask you. I'm going to flip a question on you real quick. Have you uh, have you ever been part of or run a brainstorming session? Oh, yeah. Like how to build a campaign, mm -hmm. right? And what's the first thing that they say in a brainstorming session? What's the problem? No, well, that's a, what's the problem? And there's no bad ideas, <laughs> right? Like yeah, throw them all on the board. It's typically a little there later where they're like, all right. right. <laughs> but this, you know, for the next hour, there's no bad ideas. An effective brainstorming session, right? Yeah. 
is it, it says, all right, for the next half hour, there's no bad ideas. We're putting everything on the wall and there's no judging. So you could say, and you know, in my, my career, my, in the leadership role I'm in, it's my job to say, I welcome all crazy ideas. Hmm. you right. Because one of those crazy ideas are going to be the next big thing. Or one of those crazy ideas, tweaking it just a little bit with a real sensible idea is going to make a lot of, you know, a lot of money. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of the purpose of a brainstorming session or, or thinking like a brainstorming session. There are no crazy ideas. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm constantly throwing out crazy ideas to my team and I welcome crazy ideas every day. Uh, and I think that's encouraging that. Um, and then being okay for someone to say, Joe, that's, that was stupid. Right. <laughs> and being like, okay, cool. Next on the next, next. one, you know, like being okay with that is also, that's a skill. It's a, you know, like, I don't know if it's, a, it's just, you know, it's, uh, I think there's a little bit of skill to it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, just being able to to roll with it, um, but not being afraid to say something, you know, and throw out one of those crazy ideas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I think as an effective leader, at least in my opinion, you know, you have to welcome all of those ideas and you have to encourage, you know, your, you know, pe- the organization that you're leading, your employees or just your friends. Mm-hmm. to throw out crazy ideas on, you know, let's, what about this? What about that? Um, yeah. you know, so, uh, and welcoming them. So it's kind of like welcoming people as much as you're welcoming, um, ideas. So don't throw prejudgment at people and don't throw prejudgment at ideas. <laughs> right. So that's a good way to think about it. If we mix the business and the people, with yeah. what's happening in life and just business and all of that. I think there's, um, there's that brainstorming session that we can, we can have with people, but we have to allow for it. And we have to allow for people to be open and feel honest and feel like they can throw things around. And I still see some of that within different Zoom calls with some people where you can tell they want to say something, but maybe they're a little sheepish or somebody else has said something to them where they're like, that's not such a great idea or what have you but ultimately creating that safe space to be able to make yeah. sure that no, they're totally good. Now, typically when I see those moments, I'll, I'll see it and then I'll, it'll come to, and they'll say, Hey, I want to bring this up. I feel a little silly with it or whatever. And you're like, Hey, yeah, bring to the party. So allowing Courage that it. space. Yeah. Exactly. And even on the personal side. So if we jump to the mental health side, there's, there's a lot to be said for just allowing for safe space. And I think a lot of people need to have at least somebody that they talk to. No, now, do you have mentors or some of those mentors from before or people that you uh you still consider part of your inner circle? Yeah, um, I think some of the mentors that I've had in the past, some have passed themselves or some uh you know have moved on in other areas um, but I think it's important to to even even if they're your friend or now fiance that you can bounce ideas off of um. And really, a lot of the times for me, I just need someone to listen. Like, let me let me say these words and shake your head, say yes, you know, or mm-hmm. just be like, no, but just listen so I can kind of get them and, and verbalize these ideas um, so that I can start once they're out, I can start to craft them. Right. 
um, and then I can craft them into something that is bigger. Um, but if they're out and if they never get out, then there's nothing to build from. Um, you know, and if they're if they're terrible, once they're out, you can get rid of them quicker. They're not like stuck in your head. Sure. So yeah, I've had some mentors that have been really, really good at that, really challenging me at, all right, let's get those ideas out. Let's get those things out. Um, write them down on a piece of paper, write them down on a whiteboard, um, you know, and, uh, and, and start to work through those ideas. And, um, it's kind of like, Hey, you know, writing a song, right. Mm -hmm. You know, start putting a couple chords together and see what happens. But if it's kind of in your head, you'll never be able to, the world will never hear it. And even if the world doesn't hear it, that's okay. As long as you get it out. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the songwriting. Uh, I know there's so many different ways that people write. You could write an entire book and probably just have an entire podcast oh, yeah. episodes and shows and everything with how people write music and how they work through it because how they translate and kind of expel that stuff from them. Uh, I've found that over the course of time, I, I get better with just taking steps, just take an action mm -hmm. and then figure it out. And you kind of uh, you know alluded to that yeah. with... Pick a couple chords, put it together, sing something that's around the same key and see like what comes of it. Start messing around and start tweaking. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it kind of goes along with the brainstorming and all of that. So with the stuff that you go through where before, and I'm going to jump a little bit, you'd said before that you look for those things that you can tweak and you can do better with. Now, obviously, you have to take some sort of action to be able to get to that door where you go, hmm. I think I need to tweak this, but what are you working on right now that you have found that you had to tweak and what's working for you to help with that? Yeah. I mean, if I'm putting together strategies for some big campaigns or, you know, for the organization I'm with right now, how do we grow? How do we grow our business? How do we grow? How do we sell more products? Um, how do we talk to a specific audience? Um, I think what's really important is, understanding who that audience is understanding who those um you know what those products are um understanding who wants to buy these particular products you know what's the features what's the benefits understanding all of that um and being okay to not uh to understand that you don't know it all right um you know i i came into this position understanding digital marketing not understanding medical devices mm -hmm. right and i and i said all right this is a new industry i've never been in um so going back to what we talked about earlier i know what i have to focus on now to improve myself in this organization right so i got to better understand healthcare i got to better understand auscultation i got to better understand how the heart works got to better understand those things that i've never really you know had had like education on or never mm -hmm. really you know thought twice about right so but i don't you know the marketing piece that that's all that's coming easy for me right yeah so um that's what i'm tweaking now I'm tweaking my strategy, my marketing strategies for audiences that I'm learning more and more about. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's different from a, a specific, a retail, a regular retail business, like I've been in the past or a CPG company. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'm tweaking. How do I better understand 
how to hit a specific audience um and you know and what i'm good at the marketing side sure now from the marketing side we know that we obviously need to know the people you want to go after you need to know the demo yeah. you need to know all the details about them you need to build that person and all of that when you do that do you sit yourself into their shoes and figure out how they can use the product that you have do you think that helps you with questions with strategy or do you not do that a little bit uh, i mean a little bit uh you know i i try to look at it as in you know what's the environment that they're in the setting that they're in and what and then how can they why do they need our product right and then you know, what are their individual needs? And that's where I put myself in their shoes. Like, what do I need during this moment, right? And uh, by understanding that need, then I can start to filter in, well, this is, this is what our product does. This is the benefit of our product during that time of your need. So um, understanding that, and then the other piece of it, which is really important is, all right, now I understand their need. How do I sell that shit to them, right? <laughs> like, yeah. How do, so I understand their need. Now I have to go find them where they're at digitally. And I have to have the right message that talks about that need, right? Um, and satisfies that need. But then I also, the trickiest part is, all right, I've answered all those things. How do I find them at the time they're ready to buy, mm -hmm. right? Um, or just make them aware that this product is out there. And that when they are ready to buy, I am there for them. So it's putting this 360 degree campaign together um, and understanding and putting myself in the shoes of that person, understanding their needs, right? And understanding their purchase behavior and when, when are they going to be willing to purchase? Again, it's different than retail. You know, it's, it's not like I'm going to go to, you know, go to the store every single week. Um, you know, or go to the pharmacy every single week uh, and I can get you to buy one more thing. It's it's much different than that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's but I use a lot of research again is I'm, 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 I'm talking to a lot of, in this case, doctors and nurses and and other people, um, EMTs to understand, all right, where do, what are your needs and how can our products potentially fill those some of those needs? Um, and then building stories around them. That's where some of the design and creativity comes in from, mm -hmm. you know, my undergrad and, and, and growing up, you know, being a designer. It's like, how do we write that story? How do we build a story for that individual so that when he or she is ready to make a purchase, we've written a story, we've put it into their head that this is the product that they need to buy um, and why? Because other doctors have it. It offers this, you know, um, and building those stories. And it's really fun. I mean, that's a really fun challenge, um, understanding this. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, it is a really cool challenge. And again, I'm, I'm open to ideas and crazy ideas and, uh, you know, and bringing all those things to life. And, um, Again, that, that's what becomes fun in my job. <laughs> it's, it's almost like the, the hunt because you've got the, yeah. uh, 
you've got the business side with that minor that you have and the creative side, that business little minor is like, yeah, we can do all this, but how the fuck are we going to sell it? And where are these people? And that hunt trying to find those people to connect with them. And I, I really wish that more marketing folks had a business first mind than just a creative first mind, but it's a balance. You have to figure that stuff out and you have to balance. Uh, So on the note of balance, you've got work, you've got your fiance, you've got music, you've got all these other things. How are you finding balance in your own head right now? And what are you doing that's actually helping you manage your mindset throughout each day? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. Um, You know, there's there's times that you got to step away. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've got to kind of just clear your mind. Um, you know, it, it might it might be as simple as just take a quick walk, um, you know, and uh, um, and take a couple deep breaths. Uh, you know, for me, it is, you know, I, I'll take a small walk during the day. I walk in the morning, take a small walk during the day. And mostly it's with the dog. Um, and, you know, and then to even clear further sometimes you guys just got to veg in front of the tv or (laughs) you know watch the sports or you know pick up the guitar and just strum a couple chords not that you're writing anything just strum a couple chords play a couple scales you know get those fingers moving and just kind of let all that out um and for me that's that's uh that's my meditation right that's my my moment of clarity um you know those type of things are are ways for me to clear kind of get set for the the you know um you know and the other thing nick that helps me i don't know if you do this but um i like to take you know i'll show you i like to take post it or a little piece of paper once a week or a couple times a week and make my own checklist and you can do it digitally, but I like doing it on a piece of paper. Yeah, so you do the same thing. And if you feel really good when you start to cross stuff off that list. Um, and and that's, uh, that's one of the other things. I like to take a look at that list before, you know, I wrap up for the day and, mm-hmm. take it and, and then, you know, pull that list out in the beginning of the day. And it's not about, oh, shit, I got this stuff I got to do tomorrow. I like to look at it the other way and say, this is what I accomplished today mm-hmm. and, and feel good about it. Um, you know, and then that makes, then, then when I turn the computer off for the day, I'm like, all right, I did accomplish at least something. <laughs> uh, so um, other ways to look at it, other ways to think about it, other ways to kind of keep yourself sane. Sure. Yeah. I, I was talking to somebody the other day about the hustle cult culture and how you, um, maybe like 10 years ago, we were all like, man, we just need to grind, 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 do all this work. And now you're like, fuck all of that. Like every ounce of that, because I've been through that. And you've got to take some time away where even if you're doing the things where you're like, yo, I can just accomplish one more thing. I can just do this one more thing. I can do this one more. Like, oh, well, I'm halfway done this. So I may as well just do this one other thing. The next thing you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. You've got to be able to pull yourself away to be able to do stuff that's just not what you were just focusing on. So those little wins of picking up the guitar and just strumming a proper chord and just feeling that big old E minor or that open D or whatever and just 
allowing it to ring out, I think probably speaks to our souls a little differently than people that aren't musicians, where they're like, I have no idea. You're just naming letters at this point. This is stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I agree. And, and, I, and I'd add this, um, you know, bringing back all the way to the beginning. Um, I was a part of that hustle culture, right? Yeah. I was part of the do, 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 uh, you know, eight o'clock to 10 o'clock, eight o'clock to midnight, um, going back at it. And, uh, that's why it took me so long to find someone to put up with my shit because, mm. you know, I was do, do, do. And a lot of that do was myself, but then a lot of that do was, you know, I just need to get the next thing done. I need everything off this list. Everything off this list needs to be checked before I could go, before I could go to bed, before I could call it a day, everything. And now as I've kind of grown, um, it's not about getting everything off that list. It's making that list uh, achievable, um, prioritizing appropriately, um, and then looking at it as in, I don't have to worry about getting this stuff done today. Look at what I've accomplished today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think by doing that, it's probably made me easier to live with. <laughs> <laughs> Yourself or you mean her living with you? Like oh, no, no, in no. your own hair? Yeah. <laughs> both. Yes, both. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, it's such a a crazy web that we can get into with all of it, you know, where you can just say, well, I'm doing these things cause I'm excited about it. I really like what I do. So yeah. that doesn't give you the license to just be an addict. You gotta be mindful and you gotta be aware and be able to pull that shit back. Well, uh, you know, I appreciate you being on here and I know that we can talk about a lot of stuff, but I want to be mindful of the creativity that we talked about before, because whenever we get into conversations, we talk about creativity and how everybody is creative, but not everybody thinks that they are. So even that person that's listening to us talk about music or whatever, they may, that may not be their jam. But on the creative side, what sort of advice could you give somebody to be able to help massage that creativity out of them, even if they don't think they're creative? No crazy ideas, Nick. It's the brainstorming that we talked about, right? Um, be feel, feel like there is no crazy ideas. Uh, and we've talked about this before over beers and stuff. You know, I strongly believe anybody's, everybody's creative. Um, and it's how you look at problems that make you creative. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to be a musician. You don't have to be, a, you know, a painter to be creative. That's what we immediately think of when we define that word, but how you look at a problem and how you solve a problem, um, that's what makes creativity. And, um, you know, and you look back, you know, I have a niece and a nephew, um, and, uh, my niece has become at a real, I mean, she's seven years old and she's become this really good artist. Um, now her mom's an art teacher, but that, so that helps. <laughs> uh, but you know, one of the things is you probably think about this and we can all think about this at some point, you know, at seven years old, you're drawing anything and everything. And it's until that moment that someone says no, or that's really not that good is when you stop. Um, mm. and I think I've been fortunate enough to have nobody say that to me 
or when they've said it to me, it's been, hey, this is how you can improve that, right? So, um, so we've all we've all been creative, right? We grew up being creative. We, you know, there's that point in life where you're really, really young and you're really creative and you're throwing out crazy ideas. And it's until when you start getting, you know, in your teens and people start saying, Whoa, that's not cool. <laughs> right. That's not, you know, don't do that. And you start getting judged. Um, yeah. So what I would challenge everybody to is, and speaking about creativity, what I challenge everybody to is get rid of the prejudice, get rid of those ideas around nothing you know, there, there, there are bad ideas. Just throw all that ideas out there and or throw that concept out there out of, and just say, Hey, here's ideas. Here's, here's an interesting solution to this particular problem. Um, and then kind of work through it. And there are bad ideas, right? But we should, we should be able to identify them as bad ideas after the fact, right? Yeah. We should be able to, to do that so um yeah yeah hopefully that gives some guidance around my whole idea of everybody's creative sure and tossing out those bad ideas is part of the um part of the process you know even when you're thinking about what are we going to do for dinner tonight oh we could do hot dogs no i don't want a hot dog we can do bologna sandwiches we're going backwards we could do steak (laughs) you know like you you think through that stuff and you have to figure that out no, without just first thing and being like, oh, that's how this rocks, and that's what we're going to do from there. Uh, well, Joe, appreciate you being on, man. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, so you can always find me on my website, joeturtel.com, so J-O-E-T-E-R-T-E-L. Uh, and, uh, you know, find me on there. You can find me on LinkedIn pretty quickly and easily. Um, and then if you want to find the band and hear some good rock and roll music you can find us on facebook and that's uh facebook.com slash the mild heat um and uh you know nick thank you for having me this was uh i always enjoy talking to you and and spouting out some some crazy ideas and some crazy (laughs) concepts uh you know um it's always fun yeah man well i appreciate you being on and we'll have you on at another point thank you again thanks Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self-Mastery Show. So, what would you consider yourself to be? Would you say you're a creative person? Would you say you are after listening to this episode? Or would you say maybe at least a little bit more creative? When you think about just being aware of it and problem solving and the things that you do on the daily, you're probably more creative than you thought. So what did you think of today's episode? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the conversation. And if you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, leave a five-star review. They help us get found and help others hear us. And if you really enjoyed the show today, go ahead and share it with your friends. And check out the show notes for more info, contact info for Joe, and check out other episodes on the Mindset and selfmasteryshow.com, as well as our YouTube channel. You can just search the Mindset and Self Mastery Show and we'll pop right up. Thank you again, Joe, for being on the show, for being honest, raw, and real with us. Thank you. And thanks to you for joining us today. And remember, your mindset matters, and so do you. 